This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. You matter, you do, and you're awesome. Don't fight us on this one, ask your friends. Visit betterhelp.com super and take care of number one. Hey brother! Okay Ben, so as a non-writer myself, one of the things that always baffles and amazes me about reading novels is how the author was obviously able to sit in the driver's seat of so many different characters' heads and make them make compelling different decisions. Decisions that are not based on how they themselves, the author, might make those same decisions. Which is just so impressive when you consider how radically differently two characters might approach any given problem. Like, I'd go as far as to say sometimes it genuinely felt impossible to me that the same person wrote Albus Dumbledore and Vernon Dursley, Gilderoy Lockhart and Severus Snape, Dobby and Professor Um. Like, these characters have nothing in common. They all approach decisions in their own unique ways with their own unique motivations. And sure, plenty of this can be peeled back to careful world building, just having a massive imagination and having filled out backstories for characters that extend beyond the page. But there is one character development tool that authors can use to help develop and establish some consistencies amongst characters. Or should I say consistencies behind the motivations and different decision-making tactics of your various characters. And this is really popular in Dungeons & Dragons. It is called the Nine Moral Alignments. And because we love a good sorting around here, today we are going to be explaining each of the Nine Moral Alignments and sorting the different Harry Potter characters into them. Before we dive on in, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Candid. Okay guys, I have to tell you that the older I get, the more I appreciate people who are like really good at what they do. Like I used to cut my grass with this hand-me-down half-broken push mower. You know the type. And it took forever. And quite frankly, didn't look that great. So instead, I hired a guy who had like one of those awesome stand-behind go-kart 360 rabbit speed. He could tell me the RPMs of the blades kind of kind of guys. Woo, and boy, howdy, he was done in like 13 minutes and it looked amazing. Point is, specialists be good. And the same is true when working with crooked or uneven teeth. Like you want to be working with an orthodontist. No back alley sewer teeth treatment. Orthodontists are professionals at teeth movement and they've never even been in a sewer. And that's what sets Candid apart from other clear alignment companies. The professional orthodontist, not the sewer stuff. And not only do you work with an orthodontist, but you work with the same person from start to finish. So you never have to wonder how you're doing. Nor do you, and I can't stress this enough, have to go near a sewer. And you can book an appointment at a nearby Candid studio, or you can do everything from the convenience of your home. The average Candid treatment is just six months, but you'll start seeing results way before then. Candid can help you get the straighter, brighter smile you've always wanted, and you can save $75 on your Candid starter kit when you get started from home today. Or again, you can book an appointment at a Candid studio near you. Head on over to CandidCO.com SCB and use promo code SCB. Again, that is CandidCO.com SCB and promo code SCB to get $75 off your starter kit today. One more time, that is candidco.com slash SCB with promo code SCB. Link is in the description down below. Okay, so the nine moral alignments is basically a three by three matrix that helps you decide how your character would act in any given situation. And we have three different qualifiers to go on each axis, which sounds a little bit complicated, but in the end, there's just obviously nine different options. Across the horizontal axis, you have lawful, neutral, and chaotic. And down the vertical, you have good, neutral, and evil. Meaning any given character could be lawful, good, neutral, and evil, neutral, good, neutral, and evil, or chaotic, good, neutral, and evil. So any given intersection represents those two ideas. Like you'd have characters who are lawful, good, or chaotic, good. In said case, both characters would be good in alignment, but in very different ways. Like Lupin and Sirius probably represent those differences pretty 
pretty good. Lupin is very balanced and patient, while Sirius is very excitable and action-oriented. But at their core, they both just want to help Harry and defeat Voldemort. And typically the way it works is characters oriented with the protagonist will be on the good side of things and characters oriented with the antagonist will fit on the evil side of things. And then obviously everyone else is just neutral. And I'm gonna start filling this grid in from the bottom because I think the Wizarding World has some very clear cut examples of each of the evil categories. Starting with the big baddie himself, Tom Riddle, AKA he who must not be named, AKA the Dark Lord, AKA Voldemort. Voldemort is absolutely your standard run the mill, neutral evil. <laughs> neutral evil. Can you imagine just how mad he'd be if he knew that was his legacy? What did you call me? I'll show you neutral evil. Classic neutral evil. Classic. What a dude. But classic really is the right word. I mean, Voldemort is your really truly classic villain. On the whole, he's mostly just evil for the sake of being evil. He represents everything that is dark and bad in the wizarding world. When he wakes up in the morning, he puts his socks on just like any other neutral would, except then once he has those socks on, he makes every decision based on how evil it is. And the more evil, the better. Although to be fair, in this example, we know for a fact Voldemort doesn't wear socks, which is a fact I'm not sure we actually needed to know, but also one I feel like I knew anyway. I wonder if he's ever stepped in a bee or like gotten a splinter. My point is he's just not really that complex. He's just sort of always been this way. Even his origin story is limited at best. He wasn't bullied because he was different. He bullies people because he's different or in his opinion, better. He's mean to people who are different from him. He's mean to people who are similar from him. He has no compassion whatsoever. He's basically just like vanilla evil, or as I like to call it, technically a flavor. Moving on though, let's switch gears to a character many would consider one of the most carefully and well executed in the entire series, because we all, all hate her. Dolores Jane Um. Did, did you just bleep me? I'm just saying her last name. Um, 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 joke it, whatever. You can't keep bleeping me. People are going to think I'm saying something else. Um, okay, whatever. You know who I'm talking about. The defense against the dark arts teacher in Harry's fifth year. Looks like a toad. Dolores Riley is really just a character who is a clear shining example of lawful evil. And that's what makes her so hateable. The former description of this character goes like this. A lawful evil character sees a well-ordered system as being easier to exploit than to necessarily follow. Examples of this alignment include tyrants, devils, corrupt officials, undiscriminating mercenary types who have a strict code of conduct, blue dragons, and hobgoblins. And honestly, she's all of those but especially the hobgoblin. She is all about rules. She is blind when it comes to rules. If there's something she doesn't want to happen, she makes a rule, so it's not allowed. Or, and this one's worse, so it is allowed. And in the worst way, she sources a tremendous amount of joy from this kind of control. So much so that she is the only evil character in the series capable of producing a Patronus, which if I'm honest, kind of sickens me. You don't deserve that spell. But let's be fair here, just because a character follows the rules doesn't make them inherently bad. Like rules themselves aren't inherently bad, unless they were formed by a But there are plenty of really good characters who are also all about the rules. Lawful good characters are described like this. One who typically acts with compassion and always with honor and a sense of duty. However, lawful good characters will often regret taking any action they fear would violate their code, even if they recognize such an action as being good. And there are a few really awesome characters who fit this mold really well. Like for example, I'm sure you don't even need me to tell you, Hermione. Before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed, or worse, exp 
spelled. She needs to sort out her priorities. But seriously, that line right there is like what they have on the napkins at the Lawful Good Club. Like it sums up Hermione's character so well, at least early on. That is in case you can't read the subtext that it would be worse to be expelled than to die. She also notably knows that fiend fire is a way that could destroy the Horcrux, but doesn't bring it up because she just considers it too dangerous. I mean, Ron abandoned them, but whatever. But what makes characters like this really fun is when they step outside their rule and do something just a little bit more rash. Petrificus totalis. Sort of exciting, isn't it? breaking the rules. <laughs> oh, oh. McGonagall also fits this one like a glove. She's like the Gryffindor foil to Slytherin Snape, except she punishes her students just as hard as the rest of everyone. But then also, I have found you a seeker. There are several things I would like to say. I've always wanted to use that spell. Okay, and the last one, she's not actually breaking the rules, but I always want to use that clip on the complete opposite side of the board. Can you tell I'm totally chaotic good? Let's finish off our evil row with chaotic evil. Harry Potter has lots of evil characters, but only one really fits the bill so perfectly when it comes to this category, and that is Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> A chaotic evil character tends to have no respect for rules, other people's lives, or anything but their own desires, which are typically selfish and cruel. They set a high value on personal freedom, but do not have much regard for the lives or freedoms of other people. I, I mean, do I even have to tell you why this fits? I killed I guess to be fair, she's not actually in that scene in the books, but also to be fair, she fits this character mold like a glove. Bellatrix in a lot of ways simply is chaos. Everything she says or does is just part of her desires to be evil. She's a lot like Voldemort, only with even less of a plan, except to follow Voldemort, whose plan sucks. I know, we'll take over a high school. Seven books. Her scene at Malfoy Manor probably best encompasses this character across the board. Her cruelty towards Hermione is physical and emotional, but she's also terrified of calling Voldemort in before she is absolutely positive they have the right people for fear of what he'll do if they don't. Which, you know, I guess that is a real concern. He does show up and they did escape and he does kill a lot of them, but he doesn't kill Dobby. You know who kills Dobby? Bellatrix. Which bounces us right back across the board to one of my favorite character combinations, chaotic good. Chaotic good characters usually intend to do the right thing, but they're Methods are often disorganized and out of sync with the rest of society. And I mean, Dobby really is just the perfect representation of this. For Harry Potter's own good. For Harry Potter's own good. <laughs> I love Dobby. But speaking of Harry Potter, that moves us slightly over into good old fashioned neutral good, or as I like to call it, technically a flavor. A neutral good character typically acts altruistically without regard for or against lawful precepts such as rules or tradition. A neutral good character has no problems with cooperating with lawful officials, but does not feel beholden to them. In the event that doing the right thing requires the bending or breaking of rules, they do not suffer the same inner conflict that a lawful good character would. Good trapped all. Tonight. Neutral good characters will typically abide by the law, and sometimes Harry actually fears the consequences of breaking it, like when he blows up his Aunt Marge. But he is also totally fine just judging the law himself and bending or breaking it when he sees injustices, like, you know, forming a secret army when the school is being run by a dictator, or breaking into the ministry after hours to save Sirius from being tortured, or refusing to cooperate with the ministry after Dumbledore's death. And it's not just that he recognizes the difference between good and bad, it's that Harry takes 
takes active steps to try and be good. That's what keeps him above the line in the good category and not down in the center towards neutral. But speaking of which, let's talk about neutral characters because they're kind of unique. There are fewer of these in Harry Potter overall because it's a series about good versus evil and most of the characters get in alignment. But that's not to say they have no representation and my favorite is our chaotic neutral character, which dare I say is pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Lockhart is definitely chaotic neutral. I mean, I'm sure there's some people out there who he's uh, erased the memories of that would consider him uh, straight up evil. But as far as Harry is concerned, chaotic neutral. Because Lockhart is not out there for good or evil. He's just out there for Lockhart in whatever form that takes. He might do bad things like wiping people's memories, but he also might do good things or try to do good things like mending Harry's arm. Brachium. Emendo. But neither of those things are in the name of good or evil. They're just in the name of Lockhart. Hardly any of you remember that my favorite color is lilac. Some other characters you might include in this category would be E.L. Farmer, Ludo Bagman, or, of course, Peeves, who was nothing but chaos all the time just for fun because. Which of course leads us to the opposite of a chaotic neutral, a lawful neutral. And as ever, the exact opposite of Peeves is Filch. It's still hot. That means there's a student out of bed. They're exact opposites because they're both poltergeists. One manifested by all the rule breaking in the school and one by all the rule following in the school. This is the only way at all in which Filch makes sense. Full video link in the card. Now, yes, Filch probably leans a little bit more evil in Order of the Phoenix when he's aligning himself with, um, sorry. Dolores, but for the most part, he's just a straight up rule stickler to a fault. Was it uh, on detention would find you hanging by your thumbs in the dungeons? God, I'll miss the screaming. But like when the castle is being attacked by obviously evil dark wizards and the obvious good guys are inside forming an army, Filch's chief concern is they are supposed to be out of bed, you blithering idiot. I always wanted to use that clip. And that just leaves us with neutral neutral or true neutral. And I have to say, this was a kind of a tricky one to nail down, which makes sense because it's a story about good versus evil. And this would be a character with no alignments or allegiance. So... Well, what do we need them for? No, but the true neutral actually is really interesting because unlike the other sides, it's not like they're just dedicated to being neutral. It's their lack of commitment to either good or evil that makes them neutral. But as such, most lean towards good as being preferable to evil. It's just sort of like common sense. Like for example, you'd obviously much rather have good coworkers than mean coworkers, right? Unless you're Bellatrix, in which case you probably don't even care if they're like zebras or something, although you'd you'd probably kill them. True neutrals also tend to believe in the status quo, that things simply are the way that they are because that's the way nature is. Sure, maybe things can dip up or dip down, but in the end, everything will just even out. A really good way to identify the neutral character though is again, whether or not they support the antagonist or support the protagonist. And if it's neither, they're probably neutral. So with that said, our true neutral character for Harry Potter is... Cedric Diggory. Which I know, calm, da calm down everyone. Like obviously Cedric leans good, but it's in the same way that all true neutrals do. But in a lot of ways, is he not also just the innocent bystander who got taken out by the greater battle? Like I'm sure he would have been on Harry's side, but it's not like before Voldemort came back, he was actively supporting Harry. 
party. When Harry falls off his broom in Prisoner of Azkaban, he does offer to have a rematch or to have the match just not count, but not because it's like the right thing to do, but because that's just the more fair thing to do. Like the match didn't happen according to normal circumstances. He also gives Harry a clue about the golden egg, but again, not because it's the right thing to do, just because it will even him out with Harry for tipping him off about the dragons. Harry seeks Cedric out completely unnecessarily just to give him a warning. Harry's tip is literally to protect Cedric's life. Cedric's tip is to make them even. Even him offering the cup up to Harry at the end? I mean, selfless? Yes. But also, it's just sort of the way things are. Like, he's in Hufflepuff and Hufflepuff never wins. Harry's in Gryffindor and he's Harry Potter, the boy who lived. Of course he should win. Which I personally disagree with that logic, but I do think it's how he feels. Like, he's not supposed to win, so he shouldn't. Again, I know Cedric is a good person, but he's not supporting Harry in his fight against Voldemort. And he's definitely not supporting Voldemort in his fight against Harry. And even though he is competing against Harry in the Triwizard Tournament, it's not even as an antagonist. It's just as another character. But there you go, guys. Those are our top picks for the nine moral alignments inside of Harry Potter. I am particularly interested to know if you agree with us about Cedric, and if not, who would you say is a true neutral character in Harry Potter? We also very intentionally left Snape off of this list because I think he is incredibly tricky to place on the grid. So my question for you is, where would you place Snape? I mean, he supports both sides at various points, but also double crosses both sides. But guys, thanks as always for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already and subscribe so you don't miss any future Harry Potter action from us. If you wanna see us sort Harry Potter characters into their Enneagrams, you can check out this video right here. But otherwise, Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.